I mean, I get asked a lot about it because, you know, what I gravitate towards is dangerous and, and, you know, big riding big waves and being a big wave rider is something that takes a certain amount of courage. I think I, I have a little bit of a predisposition for that, that, that ability, but I also, um, I think I got kind of calloused from it because I was rescued so much as a young as a young kid, um, sucked out to sea so much, so many times I thought it was I was going to drown. I mean, I, if, if I if I had to add up all the times I thought I was going to drown, they would be in the hundreds, if not the thousands. And before we get into this next episode, I'm taking roll call. Are you here? If I brought you any bit of value, I have one request. Please take a few seconds to leave a quick review with some comments and feedback. The reviews actually help and benefit you because the more we have, the more it signals the algorithm, and this helps us attract A-list guests like you want to hear from. Ready, set, go. This episode is also brought to you by my friends at Plunge. Some of you know that when I met Wim Hof, the Iceman, he was instrumental in helping me cure my chronic migraines with cold therapy. I first discovered cold plunging on my journey to better health about three years ago. I was getting pretty serious migraine headaches from a combination of poor sleep habits, inflammatory foods, work-related stress, and dehydration. I had no idea what was going on. I was miserable, couldn't function at work or home, and none of my doctors could figure out how to solve my problem without addictive pain meds. I started slowly with cold showers and immediately felt the benefits. I knew I needed to take it to the next level and started cold plunging. I focused on optimizing my sleep, fitness, nutrition, and it all started coming together. I have probably saved over $20,000 in medical bills staying healthy and fit on this protocol. How much would you invest to feel amazing? For me, the investment in a cold plunge to feel like me again was priceless. I've lost weight, I'm more mentally awake and don't need coffee or Red Bulls, and I'm doing my best to live a longer, healthier life to be with my family. That's what I want. Cold and heat therapy is an integral part of my regular training protocols now. My friends at Plunge just released the all-new, all-in unit, which is totally redesigned and full of upgrades. Use my code BRY, that's B-R-Y, to get a better price when you buy it. Just go to plunge.com and check out the all-new, all-in, as well as their beautiful hot sauna units available now for pre-order. It's been one of the best investments I've made in my health. I guarantee it. This episode is brought to you by WeWork. Don't just work from anywhere. Your working week deserves a little luxury, like beautiful spaces to spark ideas in person, designed carefully for collaboration and peaceful nooks with uh, focus mode and awesome Wi-Fi. I love WeWork because I'm surrounded by like-minded people. It's a great place to hang out, network, or make good friends. They're even dog-friendly. Whether you're a solo entrepreneur or you bring your entire team, yes, your entire team, check out WeWork because now you can unlock productive, flexible workspaces in over 180 locations near you, especially if you use the WeWork All Access Basic. Get 30% off your first five months by using code RYANAA30, that's B-R-Y-A-N-A-A-3-0. Or to redeem the offer, just go to we.co forward slash behind the brand. All right, here we go. Hi, I'm Laird Hamilton, and you're watching Behind the Brand with Brian Elliott. Hey, I'm Brian Elliott. Welcome to another edition of Behind the Brand. 
Today I'm here with big wave surfer, athlete, entrepreneur Laird Hamilton. Well, we're here in beautiful Malibu. Yes. I usually ask my guests, how'd you get this job? I think I think a dream. I had a dream about you know wanting to to uh, make a life out of surfing. That brought me here. I mean, I'm here because of that. How long have you known that you wanted to be a pro surfer? Three or four years old. I. I I mean, I, I was obnoxious. I, I was, you know, I'm told that I used to run around telling everybody, you know, who my stepdad was because he was a great surfer and, and uh, you know, telling people I'm going to be great. And so I had that kind of a bad attitude um, at a young age. But I, I knew as a little kid that I was going to do something in surfing. Um, I didn't know what it was. Some people call that confidence, though. I mean, so you kind of maybe had the vision or you knew you were destined for something great early on, yeah? I, I I knew that I had something. I mean, I didn't know if I, I could survive the road, uh, but I definitely knew instinctually that I was going to do something, uh, you know, and 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 that I was going to will it. You know, I was going to will it. <laughs> so where do you think that comes from? I mean, did you grow up in a family of you know competitiveness, like you know, playing Monopoly or you know who could swim the farthest out, or you know, where do you think that comes from? You know, I think it's a combination. I think some of it you're born with. I think you're born with that, with a, with a kind of a, a drive inside of you. Uh, and then, and then environment, you know, I definitely was exposed to a, a competitive environment, uh, not always just straight up competition, but it, it would be just a competitive environment of, you know, even aggression of like, you know, being tough and being strong and, and having to be tough and strong to survive. Uh, and then, and then I had a, I had a pretty good, um, kind of rivalry with my stepdad who was a little bit like an older brother. So we had a pretty good, we had good friction and, and uh, you know, and so that, that helped push me, my environment helped push me. And then, like I said, I, I think uh, I, I kind of had a, you know, a, a, a predisposition to be, to be, uh, you know, driven. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so for people who maybe don't have context, you grew up in Hawaii, kind of in the environment in a major, major surf area. I talked about that. Yeah, I grew up. I grew up at, at the time uh, where I lived when I was real young was uh, the premier place for surfing at the time, called the, you know, known as the Bonsai Pipeline, or no, and it's on the North Shore of Oahu, and it's where all of the biggest surf competitions are held. It's where all the surfers that want to be something come from all over the world to prove their. It's like a proving ground, and uh, and that was my front yard, and I at at a time when I was very. Uh, Influenceable, and uh, at what age do you think you first got on a surfboard and surfed your first? Oh, I was on a board at, you know, three, probably three or four years old, and uh, I mean, I, I, I used to ride my my stepdad's back, um, and you know, and was pushed into waves from a, from a little kid. Used to ride broken pieces of surfboards, and you know, I mean, when you have, you know, you're probably not until you're five or six years old that you can actually physically paddle your own board and catch waves on your own and start to ride them. But, but it, you know, all that, all that foundation work started, you know, when I was a baby. So, yeah, I mean, basically being brought up in the water, I would guess that a lot of that fear maybe, um, got taken care of early on by people showing you the ropes or at least being there for you, or you're getting used to things. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, I mean, I get asked a lot about it because the nature of what I you know, what I gravitate towards is dangerous and, and, you know, big, riding big waves and being a big wave rider is something that, that, um, takes a certain amount of, of, you know, uh, of courage, 
Um, but, you know, I, I think, I think I, I have a little bit of a predisposition for that, that, that ability, but I also, um, I think I got kind of calloused from it because I was rescued so much as a young, as a young kid, um, sucked out to sea so much, so many times I thought it was, I was going to drown. I mean, I, if, if I, if I had to add up all the times I thought I was going to drown, they would be in the hundreds, if not the thousands. And so after all of those kind of experiences, you become kind of tolerant to fear. You get this thing about it where it doesn't have quite the, the normal power over you that it does to someone else who doesn't have that experience. And I think through that kind of relationship with fear, I started to learn how to harness it and use it as, as strength and as an energy, uh, at which it's a very powerful emotion, obviously one that's critical for, for, you know, for, for, uh, survival. I mean, animals have it, uh, you know, humans have it. I mean, it's, it's a necessity for survival. And so I've had, and I've had it for a long time. Um, I've had it, I've had it for, you know, I've had a relationship with it for a very long time and, and have, and have also cultivated that relationship with fear in a way that, um, that I think allows me to kind of react so far well in those, in those, uh, in, in those moments. So, like, why big wave surfing? I get the whole idea that you wanted to sort of be at the apex and yep. you want to challenge yourself. But, like, did you ever consider, you know, this, what could be a lucrative career in other categories? Or uh, were some of your friends well, and family? Yeah, I mean, I first of all, the guys that I admired, all of the, of the men that I looked up to were big wave riders. They were the guys that would go out when you know when they close the streets and they you know and no one's allowed on the beach and you know all those things and those were the guys that i they would go out and and in those conditions and and so for me i was it i admired that i admired that that ability to to you know I, that's who i looked up to i go like that's what i want to be when i'm when i get you know to be a man I, that's what i think a man looks like that's what a man does and that's what i want to be and so um you know that's and and i always had a had a had a kind of a belief that if you were the best at in the biggest you know best conditions or the biggest heaviest conditions and it was kind of hard to dispute that you were if you weren't one of the best it would be hard to say if you go out and you perform at the highest level in the in the in the highest conditions i i felt like that would in itself kind of put you in in, in a position that you know you were you were at the top of your of your game. Well, and maybe even legendary, right? Well, yeah, that's that's that, that's all. I, I'm flattered by by legend, but it always makes me feel of you know something about dead people or something. You know, <laughs> it's hard to be a legend and be alive. Well, maybe I'll use the word legacy. Yeah, yeah, because legacy is yeah. something you know that you yeah. continue to build. Yes, um, until you're completely done. Yes, from this earth. Um, yes. And, but it's interesting to me, like that motivation, like I'm curious where that came from, whether it was just inside you, you know, born that way, or if you had outside influences, do you have people telling you, you know, I don't know if this, uh, surfing thing is going to work out. You got to get a day job, you know, be, go be an accountant or a lawyer or something. Yeah. Well, I had a whole society of that. I had a whole society of people discouraging me and, you know, they're, I had friends, you know, older Hawaiian men that would, you know, they would say in the, in the native tongue, you know, like, hey, boy, you know, you can't eat your surfboard, you know, like, hey, you're not going to eat your surfboard, you know, like, and I'm like, 
I think maybe I can eat my surfboard, you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, I also had to contrast people discouraging me and, and, and making me not believe that I could do, I had a mother that was incredible that, that made me believe I could do anything. So she was really supportive. So she was supportive as long as I, she had a certain moral code that I, I needed to live by and you don't hurt people. You, you know, you have, you, there's, you, you know, you treat everybody equally. You had this, there was a whole, there was a whole moral code that, that, that she didn't care about how, if I was a good surfer, that meant her. I think the first time my mother saw me surf, I was in, in my mid thirties and, uh, and we were at, I was riding a giant famous giant wave on Maui called jaws and, my mother came to visit and we took her to the cliff because the surf was big that day and I was out and supposedly the story goes, my mom walked to the edge of the cliff. She saw, and the, you know, it's probably huge, of course. And she goes, yeah, no, I can't watch that. Turn around and just walked away. But So but, how huge, how know, huge do you think it was? I mean, give us. Oh, there was probably, you know, might've been 60 foot faces, could have been bigger, could have been 70 foot faces, something, something giant, like ridiculously enormous. And so, you know, and, and so my mom, but my mom, my point is that my mom was, it was about how you conduct yourself as a human, you know, and, and that you, that you, and also doing the, and doing the best that you can do. Like if you're going to be the street sweeper, you're going to, you're going to take pride and you're going to sweep it perfectly and you'll yeah. be the best at it. And so, um, and that was more of uh, her thing. Now the discouragement came from, you know, and I had a, a, a pretty, tumultuous relationship with my stepdad and him and I were very competitive with one another. My, um, you know, we had a, we had some kind of civil rivalry, even though he was my stepdad, he was only, uh, about 14 years younger, you know, or, uh, 14 years older than me, something like that. So less, but so we had a pretty good duel, uh, that we used to, that we used to carry on. And, and I think that drove me too. I think I had it on both sides. I had to believe in yourself and then I had, you'll be nothing. And so I, you know, I, there within lies the struggle. I gotcha. Okay. It's, it's becoming a little bit more clear now. <laughs> I get it. And so as I reflect back on those experiences, do you see them now as positive, even though maybe it was a tough time? Oh, listen, I, I, my, my, to me in my childhood was a nightmare. Like I had things about it that were cool, but there was a lot of, in my childhood, that I felt was a nightmare. Now, again, it's perception, right? So it, whether the reality of my, it, how good or bad things were, it's, it means nothing compared to how I felt about it. And so there were things about growing up the way I grew up that I just, that I, that I was terrible. Right. But when I look back, I wouldn't change one thing. There's not one thing in my, in my life that I would change if it stopped me from being here right now. If, if, if it stopped me from being in the position that I am with my family, with my friends, with my wife, with my, with all the things I have going on in my life. I mean, I could always say, yeah, I'd like to have more of something. Yeah, give me more of that. But I wouldn't say, Hey, you know, make me not go through that thing so that, you know, because I wouldn't want to jeopardize you know, just, just where I'm at emotionally in my life, like where my, my, my mind is, is I, I just, I wouldn't want to jeopardize that. So I wouldn't change anything. Um, even though when I was in it, I probably would have changed everything. Yeah. I mean, before Kanye, there was Nietzsche, right? And Nietzsche said, if, you know, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That's right. Um, and it's tough. I, you know, all of us have been there, right? Yep. We've been in the struggle or something terrible happens. Um, Absolutely. Either naturally or by our own mistakes. Uh, and it's no fun. Nope. But, um, where the growth happens. 
it is where the growth happens. And, you know, so it's one of these things that's really hard to deal with in the moment. Mm. But if you can kind of remove yourself and think, okay, you know, when I'm lifting weights or if I'm stretching, I'm literally tearing muscle, which will then, in, you know, rebuild and I'll be stronger. Yeah. You know, it is like everyone has said, um, it's yeah. kind of like what you do with it after the fact that a lot of these things are out of our control, right? They absolutely. To us, so. No, absolutely. Let's go back to that. And maybe that's a good lesson that we can underscore for those who are watching too, is I want to go back to the hundreds of times maybe that you nearly died. Yep. And what went through your mind and then how that sort of calloused or became, you became less fearful uh, or was it, should I say more courageous or what's yeah. the right word? You know, more confidence in your abilities yeah. or others' abilities to save you. Talk, talk or more that. still or just more still in that moment and, 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 and know and begin to learn how to survive it better. You know, I, I think that uh, one thing that, that I've, that I learned through the process is about submission, that about submitting to it, uh, to, and whether it's submitting to something that occurs in your life, some situation that there's a certain submission, uh, that if you're capable of submitting, sometimes you actually gain more control over it by, by submission. And, and, you know, uh, in the ocean, I mean, as a teacher, the ocean is, is incredible because it, it doesn't really, it's, first of all, it's unopinionated. There's no opinion. Um, and it doesn't decipher between, you know, you and the next guy. There's no, there's no, it's, there's equal, it's complete equality, very consistent and very reliable. There's no error below. There's error on the top. Waves come out of a certain direction. It just doesn't do the sporadic things that humans do. There's patterns. And once you begin to understand that and learn it, uh, that helps, helps build confidence, but going through those, I think going through that process of, you know, of, of, uh, kind of having to submit to the thing and, and then, and then surviving and kind of, you know, the first time you go through it, you think I'm never, I'm not going to make it. And then the second time and the fifth time, the hundredth, you know, the thousandth time you're like, oh yeah, here we are again in that spot. Okay. I'll just relax. And then when I feel you know, I feel, I'll, I feel the ocean let up. I'll make my move and then I'll, and then I'll get out and I'll, you know, and I'll, I'll get through this thing. And, and then you do that and then you gain confidence because all those things you learned along the way give you experience. And, you know, I think that's a, you know, I think that's the, that's the metaphor and that's the, that you can take into your life because you can implement that philosophy into any situation you know when stuff's all chaotic and everything's going bad you just get still you submit to it you it gives you a certain amount of uh, of uh you know time you know i always you always gain time when you when you when you submit and then through time you can make good assessments and make and and make good decisions and and not react you know, uh, it's funny. I, I think I'm bad on the normal day to day stuff, but if you get me into real, um, you know, and Gabby talks, my wife, Gabby talks about it, you know, we, like, and I, and it's not great, I guess, but I, cause we don't live in those moments, but in the more chaotic, more, the more uh, kind of difficult situations, that's when I excel. That's when I really do well. Um, I, I, it's the monotony of the day-to-day -day mundane. You know, it's like I have no patience for, for things with, that take very little patience, but I have incredible amount of patience for things that take forever. So I can wait for years for a wave. I can do stuff, you know, I can wait a lifetime for a moment, but then my tolerance for, you know, waiting in traffic is terrible. So I got to work on that. <laughs> 
Can we talk about your training, your regimen? Absolutely. Uh, talk about, you know, what are you eating for breakfast, yep. lunch, dinner? How are you, you know, at, yep. at this stage of your career, yep. still, you know, looking amazing? Like yep. you just, you know. Yep. The way I approach uh, my fitness is, is pretty uh, all-inclusive. So it's everything. It's 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 eating, hydration. I mean, I'm always looking for, you know, ways to hack into my health, uh, and it's the the you know the quality of my sleep, the the uh, you know I have a ton of hacks, and, and I and I don't love and I don't I hate that word hack because it make it sometimes it makes me feel like you're doing you're getting something by not doing anything. Yeah, there's no shortcutting. There's no shortcut. Just finding a more efficient way to do it. More efficient ways, and and uh, you know, and and my and I and my training is extremely diverse. Okay, so let's so, let's make it linear. Yeah, let's start in the morning. You're waking up yeah. at. Um, on average, I wake up at like five thirty. Okay, and then walk us through the day. Right here we go. First thing, I wake up five five thirty in the morning. Uh, very first thing that I do is I always shower. Always shower. Brush teeth. Hot shower, cold shower? Hot, cold. Always finish on cold. Uh, pretty hot initially. Um, all, always, always uh, oral hygiene uh, shower. Make bed, oral hygiene shower. Uh, large amounts of, of water. So probably making, with Himalayan salt or something. So you're making your bed. You mentioned making My half. Bed. My half. Okay. My half as part of, as a, part of a thing that I do. Part of a thing that I do, I do. A, I'm pretty ritualistic in in the way I do it. And I heard a general speak once uh, um, about it, and he said the reason why we make your bed, you, the reason why you make your bed in the military. Why do you think it is? Why do you think they they, they make the guys make their bed? Maybe so. There's no chance to jump back in it. Task completion. It's all about task completion. So I start out by finishing things. So I go down and then I drink, I drink, I'm, I hydrate because you've been sleeping for a, lo a, a long period of time. And so you're, you're, you need hydration. So I have some, and I use Himalayan salt, maybe lemon. Um, I use some uh, hydrogenated water or some kind of, you know, filtered water, a couple big glasses of, of water just to hydrate myself. Uh, and then I have a, a, I use my, I have some products that I make, uh, superfood creamer products but i make i make a concoction which is like my version of a of a energy drink of a smoothie but it's, it has to do with fat and caffeine okay. so i use a i use a bunch of express like high quality coffee espresso fat um i and then in the interim of that process i usually uh, put away all the dishes that are in dishwasher, clean all the sinks, wipe all the counters, just make the kitchen so that it's completely fresh for the day again task completion so I've completed another task now. Um, and then I go into, and then, and then it's, and then it's some sort of reading during that time as well. So some sort of a digestion of some information, um, whatever that is from sapiens to homo deus to natural born heroes, to the plant paradox, to the blue zone, to the, I mean, it's something to do with, I, I like facts and I want things that are uh, connected to what I'm doing. Because I, because when I talk about health, I talk about it like a wheel and it's, and it's the spokes of a wheel. There, there's a lot of spokes on one tire and your health is a tire. And so every spoke, you know, information, what are you listening to? What are you looking at? What are you eating? All these things are incorporated. So, um, and then, and then, and then once I, once I kind of go through that morning ritual, then I go into, I go into training. 
then I go into like extensive training. I, I want to just dig in a little bit deeper on the, on the reading thing um, and maybe, you know, self-improvement. Um, I don't know if you're like me, but I do not consume fiction. Yes. Um, unless I go to the movies. That's yep. the only place yep. I get fiction. I do too. Because um, I feel like it's a waste of my time to read words. I, I don't, I feel almost a little bit guilty sometimes. Some, sometimes the way, well, I have the same guilt sometimes when I break away and play four hours of golf. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. Ah, it's four hours away. I, you know, am I yeah. spending my time productively? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I enjoy golf, but like, yeah, I feel like I want to read productive books. Well, because there's information that you can apply. So I, I, for me, I mean, you could tell me a story and I, and there might be a parable in it that's, it, that could, I could apply to my life that that would make it a little bit more interesting, but just some fiction for, to, to, for entertainment. And I, I don't have, I don't, I don't have, I, first of all, my, my mind doesn't work that way. And I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to forget everything I read where if I, if I read things that are information driven, that are connected to my health, my wellness, uh, you know, my life, then I'm going to, that stuff's going to go in. I'm going to remember, I'm going to pull that stuff out and use that, uh, that information. The, the picture of Laird Hamilton is now becoming more clear as this yep. really competitive guy, but also very just self-driven. Yeah. Not like, you know, not a sum zero game, like I win, you lose, but more like I'm trying to be my very best day to day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, because I've found, that in the process, first of all, the more you can, can take control over your own destiny, the more you can take control over your own feeling of, of, of accomplishment, uh, and the more you can own your personal fulfillment, the more fulfilled you'll be, the more accomplished you'll be. And then if you're not real, if and, you know, you can't let the, the, the behaviors of other dictate your success or failure. I think that's a mistake. I think we do that a lot. And so, um, you know, I, I prefer taking control of it. Uh, and, and, and then, and then, and then I'm bound to be successful because I have, I have, I'm driving the bus of, of my happiness or my, my fulfillment. I, 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 you know, everybody says I'm super disciplined. I think it's just evolved to a place where I, I gravitate towards eating things that I like. Eat, uh, that, eat and yeah, I'll, I eat meat. Yeah, I'm not a vegetarian. Um, I, it doesn't mean I won't go on a vegetarian routine for a little while. Um, you know, I, I'm, you know, I like uh, what it, what you called, uh, uh, what, what was the one aquamarine, veggie, mar, veggie aquarian or something, a vegetarian, the vegetarian, which is like vegetables and seafood. But you know, I'm, I like, uh, I like wild game when I can or exotic. The more exotic the proteins, the better. You know, I don't, I hardly eat any grains. I don't really eat, um, I, I have minimal sugar. Um, Why don't you eat grains? Sugar makes perfect sense to me. Um, grains, grains are, uh, you know, I, I, I just don't feel good with grains. I just don't like the way they make me feel. Are you talking um, about inflammation? Are you talking about like just being groggy? Yeah, just, just the, when I eat them, just the way, the, the way I, they make you tired or the, just the effect they have on my system. So no cereal, no bread. No yeah. Pasta. No, no bread, no cereal, no pasta, no, no minimal, no rice really. No, I mean, uh, you know, I'm there's, you know, I, you, I'm always learning and, and I go through different cycles, but I know that I really excel with fat. So good, good fats, um, avocados, coconut, olive oil, red palm, even meat, any good quality meat fat. Just good fats, good, good um, fats. And then, uh, and then, and then all, you know, and, and, and not a lot of legumes, you know, not a lot of beans and stuff, but mostly greens, 
mostly green greens and and uh, veggies and then and then the proteins and you know and I'll eat I'll eat eggs and I love raw dairy. If you give me raw dairy, I'm I'm, I'm a big fan of raw dairy. Uh, you know, the more the closer to the earth it is, and the and the more and the more uh, the less it's been touched, the more I, the more I like it. But you know, I'm I'm. I mean, you hear paleo and you hear that. I mean, I've been eating paleo for 20 years. So, I, you know, paleo is something I maybe longer than that. I have um, I, I've been, you know, I, I mean, my friend used to tell me the three white devils are white flour, white sugar and white milk. Um, so, you know, I, I lived that way for a long time. I, I like I mean, I'll eat raw eggs. Uh, you know, I like fertile eggs. Um, you know, again, a lot of seafood, uh, all the different seafoods. I'm not shy of that stuff. And. You know, I have a, I mean, we have a saying, everything in moderation, even moderation, but, um, but, you know, I love, I love animal proteins. It's just now, now with the way we were going with those, it just, they don't, you have to be a lot more uh, kind of strategic with that. And if you can get, you know, if somebody who catches a big elk or some kind of good game that you can, that you can get that. And if you can get, you know, organ meat from a wild animal, I mean, that, you know, that's when I, but a lot of, but I spend a lot of time kind of dabbling in this other area, which is, uh, you know, high, like, like superfoods. You know, I have a superfood line that I do, that I make. So I have a thing called uh, Laird, Laird Superfood. Uh, and it's, uh, we make cream, mostly we start, we've started with creamers for coffee, um, just because people put so much, uh, poison in their coffee. So we, we wanted to make an, a good alternative and it was something that I'd been doing, um, kind of indirectly. And then, uh, then this whole, uh, bulletproof phenomenon came on, but, uh, we were doing, we were doing ghee and espresso about, you know, 20 years ago or more. And, uh, you know, they've been putting cream in coffee forever. And when they put, you know, there's a reason why is the relationship between the caffeine, caffeine and the fat. Um, so, uh, but, but, looking for, you know, whether it's chaga, chaga mushroom or, or rhodiola or shajandra or whatever these, there's all these exotic herbs. And, you know, I love Chinese, I love ancient, you know, like, uh, Eastern cultural, er, you know, herbs and medicine, um, because of it's been used for so long. It's from a plant. Um, it just things that are in, in whole food form. So I look for stuff in whole food form. So, I mean, I love all that stuff. I, I have a, a pot of chaga boiling on my stove all day long, every day, not uh, like simmering. And I just drink that at night before I go to sleep. And, uh, you know, and I'm always, like I said, I'm always looking for, you know, to try new, to, to try new things. And, um, you know, there's a lot of other, and then, you know, the other kind of, I have things called chili pad, like a cold blanket on the bottom of my bed. And, you know, and I do a lot of thermoregulating in my training. There's a lot of thermoregulation, which is heat and ice. So, yeah, so, let's talk about that. So what is that that pad, that chili pad? Um, it's a pad that's on the bottom of your, it's, it's, it's on the, uh, on the mattress of your bed that you sleep on. That's a cold pad for a lot of people that revolutionizes their sleep. Wow. So, um, you, do you, you know, normally run hot. I mean, is that the issue I do. or is it about, I do, I run hot, but it's also the fact that we slept on the ground for a long time in our evolution. And so we, we excel on a cold surface with the warm blanket over the top. It's, it's, it's part, it's in us and it's the way we, plus you, what wakes you up in the morning is heat is the body heating up. That's what, that's why you wake up because the body gets hot. So, um, and then, uh, then we do a lot of ice and heat. Um, a lot of, you know, I, I have ice machines and ice tubs and then yeah, hot saunas. 
Yeah, you're talking about like jumping into an ice tub, yeah. and then yeah, yeah. Talk about that. The thermal regu- thermal regulation, yeah. or or they call it hypothermic training. We do a lot of hypothermic training with heat and ice. We incorporate it into our working out and use that as a as a hormone stimulator and a, and a, and just a whole. Uh, part of our fitness regime is has to do with ice and ice and heat and and then breath work. Uh, so and is then, the ice and heat is that post workout then? Uh, it can be during. It can be. It can be. It can be after. It can be uh, for a workout. If I take you through four, five, six rounds of ice and heat, that alone would would be like a workout for you. Yeah, you'd feel like you worked out. Oh. And so, are you? Are you actively lifting weights? Talk to us about some of your fitness regime. So uh, I do a thing. Uh, well, we have a program called XPT, which is a XPT Life is a is a is a program that we developed that's based around our lifestyle. And in XPT Life, we have uh, a, a thing called High X, which is a which is a cross, uh, like a circuit training system that Gabby's developed. That's extremely tough. Um, then we have a, a, a pool training um, system that both Gabby and I have developed that, that with weights where, and most of my kind of more rigorous training is done in the water with weights. Um, we have a whole system of fitness uh, that, that is done in the pool. And, and that, that's probably the most unique training that we do. I mean, the breath work is, is, is unique because people don't put any time into it, but, but the, but the arts of breath work are, are, have been around a long time. There's variations and hybrids, but um, you're talking about just like trying to hold your breath, expand your lungs. What are you talking about? No, I'm talking about uh, apnea or pranayama or, or uh, holotropic, um, you know, or tumo or, you know, any of these breath breathing techniques that where you use breath work and you, 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 you know, you can spend, we spend 90 minutes at a time just doing breath work and, and, uh, and working on the cardiovascular system through just, uh, through breathing. Let's say, let's target maybe 30, 30 somethings and 40 somethings. Yep. Um, cause that seems to be a little, you know, a time period when body changes, metabolism slows down, yep. stuff starts to happen and change. Yep. Like, so what would you generally recommend for someone who's in that bracket, uh, who wants to get back into shape? What would you- well, I think the, 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 you know, first of all, the number one most important thing, um, is routine is, is just consistency. Just get yourself in a rhythm. Um, you know, you can't, uh, first of all, you can't give yourself the option to not do it. It's kind of, you don't, you don't wake up in the morning and go, well, maybe I'll brush my teeth today. You don't, you know, you don't, you, I mean, there, there's just like, there's certain things that you just don't, you just, that's, you do it and you do it every day and it's just part of your life. And so you have to, you have to treat fitness like that. Um, you're talking about so, seven days a week then. So I'm, I'm talking about some schedule, whatever that is, you know, whether you do three days a week of one thing and four of something else, but just giving the time, having a space where you, you know, you eat every day, all day long, you know, it's like, there's certain things you do all the time. You should at least give yourself. Now, if you three days a week, you stretch and then three, you know, four days a week, you lift or, or you swim and you ride a bike or whatever that is, but just giving yourself that time, um, you know, meditation might be within those, within that protocol as well. Some sort of mind, mind, and you can breath works incredible for that. Uh, you know, so first of all, the, that consistency would be the first thing. Um, the most important thing. Breath work would be at the top of 
what I would put in that consistency. I would think that that would be because that will get you into a place where you be, you become, it'll affect your health. You'll become more connected to your body and then you'll be able to work out harder and better and longer when it comes to these other activities. Yeah. And then, and then I would go around nutrition and just about what you're putting in your mouth. Yeah. I, I go back to breath work for a second. So I know almost nothing about breath work. Where would someone who wants to find out more about that go? Well, I mean, you, you can go to our site. You can go to xptlife.com and see Breathwork. You can also go online and there's, there's apps. You know, there's this apnea breather that you can go on. You can look for pranayama, yoga, breathing specifically classes. I mean, there's a lot of places to find Breathwork and different different uh, places to look and find a, find a particular, uh, I would call, discipline that you're interested in. You know, I mean, the... the whether it's for free diving or for yoga, you know, I mean, I, I have a theory that, that, you know, part of the reason why everybody's so addicted to running and biking is really less to do with endorphins, even though endorphins are a part of the sensation of doing it brought on by breathing, by the way, that is where it's really a, our, our need to breathe. And it's a way to trick us into doing it because we don't want it because we won't just sit and breathe. So if I go run, it's going to demand breathe. It's called forced breathing. If I go bike, I'm going to force breathe. So I think our unconscious is so smart. It goes, you know what? I know you guys, you're not going to do anything. So I'm going to get you to get addicted to endorphin or get this runner's high. And then you're going to get out there and you're going to do what I really want you to do, which is just breathe. And that's going to affect your system. Cause it, and then, and then ultimately at the top of the list with a breathing is nose breathing. So it's all about nose breathing. Everybody should be nose breathing. That's the only way to breathe. Uh, and it has, there's a bunch of different kind of physical ailments that we have because we don't nose breathe. And, uh, and once you do, it definitely will change your, the efficiency of your system. Well, I'm, I'm shocked. Actually, I'm surprised. I mean, you mentioned three things, but consistency, that makes a ton of sense. Breathing, and then nutrition. I mean, I would have thought you'd been talking about, you know, of course, weight training or, you know, diving or, you know, but no, I guess looking back on your hundred plus near death, uh, yes. this is probably underwater. Now that kind of breathing thing makes more sense too. Maybe it's. Well, then nutrition too. Nutrition. I mean, you do it every day, all day long. Yeah. The hardest thing to be disciplined with is nutrition because everybody eats from their tongue instead of their tummy. Right. And it's all based on on uh, kind of habitual activity, you know, I eat for energy. So I'm eating with my idea about eating is recovery and energy. Like that's why I'm eating. Otherwise I don't want to eat. I, I would, I wouldn't be eating, but I'm eating, you know, I'm not eating because of taste, right? I'm that's not, I don't mind taste. I don't mind when it tastes good. Like, don't get me wrong, but I'm not eating specifically for taste. I'm eating for, I'm looking at the, at the food like fuel. That stuff is fuel. Maybe my final kind of questions to wrap this up. Um, I want to talk about the F word, failure. Yeah. Uh, we've addressed fear yeah. a little bit. Um, let's talk about failure. Can you think of any f failures that you've had? Um, and really talk about it from the point of hindsight's 2020, right? Like, what did you learn from it? Like, ah, you know, I should, I definitely shouldn't have done that. Um, it, and it, it may have nothing to do with, you know, picking the right wave or the wrong yeah. wave that, yeah. that the crush you or you wiped out on, but it might yeah. be something else. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the, you know, I, I mean, most of the time when mistakes happen is when you're tired, you know, that's, and I don't, and I, you can be in life or in the land or on life or whenever it is, but most of the time, you know, when you do things that you're sorry for, 
you're, you're, there's some, there's an, there's an, an, an outside force that's kind of putting you off your, off your equilibrium. And I think that, that, uh, you know, failures, I mean, that's where you learn, you know, I've had a lot of injuries in my career. And so, you know, an injury usually is connected to a failure. I mean, of some sort, you fail, failed to do the right thing. You failed to be in, you know, whatever it was, there's something connected to, but that's where the growth happens. That's, that's where, um, you know, that's where we learn. We learn in our failures. And if you never fail, you never learn. And, 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 and the fact is it's not the ability not to fail, but it's, the, it's how you act when you do that really makes you different than everyone else. And so if you, um, you know, I, I, f I feel like, you know, a one of the things I have on my side is that I don't, I'm, I'm very hard to discourage once I'm on a track. Um, and a belief and, 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 you know, uh, on a mission, I, I'm, I, I just don't let, I'm a, I'm the bloodhound. I'm the, just the relentless, just, I mean, it's obnoxious. I think it's obnoxious to live with. Um, I'm at least that's what I'm told, but, uh, you know, I mean, I think that it's, you know, at a certain point, um, that, that just that, that willingness to, and, you know, I always get back on the horse. I get immediately back on the horse. You know, I was talking about it with uh, the other day. We were doing an interview, and Gabby, and you know, she, we brought it. it was the, the subject was brought up, and I, and I'll get back on the horse. You know, the day I'm hurt, I have multiple stories of, you know, breaking a collarbone or pull through the face or some injury, and I'll I would go and catch a couple more waves. Um, but you know, that's a metaphor for life. It's like, hey, just to not be deterred, and then and not let that that stop you from, you know, don't let a, don't let a little crash stop you from, you know, especially when you believe in where you're going and you know that you're on the right track, don't let failure stop you. I think it just, it's too easy to be discouraged. And if you don't have experience with it, that's the hard part. You know, when people haven't been hurt before or haven't failed, then they're in shock. Um, there's a great story actually. My friend's daughter was going to Stanford and, uh, and I said, well, how's it going? He goes, well, we have to go up and, you know, spend some time with her. And I go, why? And he goes, well, she got this class. She was a new student there. And, and they have this class that you can't, that, that no one can pass, that it's everybody fails. The, that they don't, the highest grade they give is a C, but they do it on purpose because they have these, these kids that just have only had A's their whole life and they've never experienced so-called failure. Right. So they make them fail. So they have to go through it. And then if they can't handle it, then they flush them out and they don't, they don't go to school there. And, but it's, but it, I found it interesting. I found it. Yeah. I go, yeah, well, if you're not used to it and you haven't, you know, and you see it happen in sports, you see it happen in people's business careers, you know, you see people get, you know, a little failure and then it's just, if they haven't had it, if they've had it and they grew up in it and they're used, then they're just like, yeah, here we go. Yeah. But it can deter, it can definitely derail you. And, uh, you know, I mean, I've had enough, I mean, my failures, I think that's probably why that's such a good teacher have been consequential in the, in that it's either I'm lost at sea, I'm at the bottom of the ocean, I think I'm going to drown or something's broken. So <clears throat> mine are, mine are pretty instantaneous and quite severe at times. Well, what's your weakness then? If, I mean, it seems like you've built up this tolerance, at least in the physical and maybe the mental area. Like, well, what's, what are you, what are you still trying to work on? Where are you trying to get stronger? Well, my perspective, per, uh, perception of myself is that I can always be stronger um, and I can always I, I can always learn more. So I always try to be a student and, and my willingness to try um, to do new things. I think I just cultivate that. That's what I'm you know, uh, that's what I that's what where I, where I aim at. And my you know, my week. I mean, listen, my 
my daughters are my my uh, kryptonite. You know, my my family is my kryptonite in the sense of that. You know, I'm I'm vulnerable for them. You know, and 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 uh, you know, and 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 I don't have any control like we talked about earlier. It's out of my hands, so I can't I can't adjust them to to make me okay. Um, you know, and and uh, and I think at this point, you know, in my in my uh, in my yeah, but I think I, I you know I think I I continually fall victim to being a contrarian that I just go against things to go against them. I, I that's probably something I could work on because because I have a tendency to if, if everybody's going down a direction or that's great and everybody says it's great, I'm like yeah, no, it sucks. Like I just said, I said natural reaction, like yeah, no, that sucks. And I was like, well, no, it's great. Everybody likes it. You should try it. No, I don't want to. Like, you know, but so uh, that's probably, I could probably be a little more open there for sure. But, you know, listen, it, it, I think there's, you know, the list is too long of what I could probably, you know, that I can work on. And I'm trying to, I'm working on a little, a little bit of them all the time. But, you know, there's, I, I don't think there's any end to it until, you know, it's the end. <laughs>